Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into our podcast, but we know you may have an idea for your own podcast and that's why we are recommending you go get Anchor. Mm-hmm. You can create your own podcast and then like maybe have us on as guests. You should definitely have us on. For oh, we're, we're, I just checked our calendar. We're busy, Ooh. Oh, but we're available on this day. We can pencil okay, we'll you be, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we in. can do it. Okay, we, we it. said yes. Forget it. I don't like your ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anchor is the system we use and it's got a lot of cool tools. You can actually, it's kind of a one-stop shop place where you can go, you can record, edit everything, even implement songs from Spotify into your podcast. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it the most, to be honest, is that it makes us money and I love money. And it also is free, which is kind of like, you know, you save money. It's like I think that's the biggest money. thing is like it's free. So you don't have to worry about like paying any kind of fee or signing up for thing. And they do everything for you. So... You can go there. They will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other places your family are going to ignore you on. So uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started for free. Mm-hmm. Did we mention it's free? Free and you make money. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Your family will ignore you. That's we're, true. It cuts to the core. We're not, we're not going to be on your podcast. Today's show is brought to you by BarkBox. Get one free extra month at BarkBox at getbarkbox.com slash campfire. Four to six natural treats. Mm, get that snack, that natural snack. And super fun toys curated around a surprise theme every month. BarkBox Paw Picks, the best natural treats and toys to match a dog's unique needs. They're a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses. And the box is shipped to your door. All edibles are made in the U.S. or Canada, and they will replace items that your dog doesn't like. So cool. So you go to getbarkbox.com slash campfire. Yeah. Barkbox. I just, I just wanted to say something. Love it. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Bo. And now on to the show. Come on, kids, now gather round. Grab a log and sit right down. What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground. It's the campfire shit show. And now, your camp counselors, Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. Today, we are talking to James, James Schrader. Schrader. He's a human. He's a comic, a writer, <laughs> a sailor. And I think maybe he's a male cheerleader. And I want to ask him about Where that. Where did you hear that? Uh, a friend of a friend. A friend of a friend. Yep. The son of a son of a sailor. The girl that he once tossed. Wow. He tossed her. To, Jesus. Uh, yeah, we're really stoked. He's a really great guy. He's. Um, I've had him on the show before on my show, Rift yep. City Comedy. And uh, he's just such a funny comic. So we're really stoked to get in here and see what James is all about. Yes. So let's dip into that little cute, comfortable sleeping bag and find out what the fuck is James doing? Yes. Oh wait, before you listen to this, uh-huh. click pause, but then be prepared to come back to us. But go watch so type in Dr. Squatch commercial and William Painter sunglasses because if you want to know like what the commercials are that we're talking about, you'll see James's face. So just a point of reference, William hmm. Painter, Dr. Squatch. How do you know he's in those? Because I've heard about it. The cheerleader, the friend of the cheerleader that got tossed, she told me too. All right, here we go. Let's get in. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi, James. Oh, my gosh. Does anyone call you Jimmy? Uh, A very select few people from college. Do you like those people? Yeah. Like, there's, like, I think there's three of them. They call me Jim, Jimbo, 
Jimmy rarely, but the, in the gym realm, where there's like three of them. In the gym, in the like realm James, of gym. A gym to a James changes a lot. I know you yeah. in my mind as like a James. Yeah. But now if I think of you as a Jim, this is this blows up the system. Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> it's a very different I vibe. Don't, I don't, Jim? Oh, Jim's like, yeah, like you got know. a meeting with Jim at HR. Jim not Schrader? Jim, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're a Jimmy. You're not a no, Jimmy. No, I'm not a Jimmy. You're a James. I'm a James. Did Which you, is interesting because like uh, growing up, my mom, she had an it, like she hated Jim. They named me James, but she like would cl- like. Do not call this child yes. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so for me, it was just it was always James. There was I never a Jimmy, was never a Jim. Kind of weird that like a name can then have like twelve other like Richard is yeah. Dick. Why? Yeah, Why can't it just sense. be Richard or Rich or Richie? I get. I don't know. Nobody calls me Bowie. You <laughs> know right. what I mean? Bowie. There's yeah. too many also variations of Bow. I know a B O. Yeah, I have B O right now. B E A U and then B O W. Nobody's first name is B O W. Bow. Bow. Well, Bow Wow. Well, that's Lil, true. But his Lil. first name's Lil. Lil. But not anymore because he grew up. Oh, Wait, is that real? I think he, he's just Bow Wow Lil? now. Oh, wow. Speaking of bows, are you a sailor? I am. You are? Okay, I had a feeling. Why? Because I was stalking his tweets. Oh, well, th- th- that's not a feeling then. That's a, you <laughs> tweets, know you didn't find much. I really don't tweet a lot. There was somewhere, somewhere on your social media about some type of like ship sa- that you just, you did a nautical thing that was impressive a friend of mine uh for some reason i was i have like old friends um i'm <laughs> how old like they're old like uh they were in the, this couple that that uh uh i met i don't know years ago five years ago uh and they're in their 60s and they were living they lived on their sailboat and they sailed they used to live up in p- the portland area and then sailed down here and they were retired and then wow. they sailed their sailboat down the Cabo because every year there's a thing called the Baja Haha, <laughs> and it's where uh, about a hundred to one hundred and fifty sailboats leave San Diego together, and they cruise uh, the eleven hundred miles all the way down the Baja Peninsula. Oh, that would wow. be awesome! Yeah, and so That's it's like so cool. it's a party all the yeah. way down. Like so, you're, you're pulling up in, beside each other, and you're like, yeah, you're sail one. It's safe. There's one hundred and fifty yeah. boats. If yep. anything happens, there's yeah. people to help. Yep. You know, yeah. there's fast boats and slower boats, and there's just all in between. Wow! And every like they have planned stops all along the way, so it's a party. It's like a two week party to do this oh, the whole way down. I love it. So like you know, you you pull up at the one place, and the the organization that puts it on. You know, has like there's this one spot that I, I forget. I think it's Turtle Bay that you pull into, and everyone anchors up, and they got a band, they've got food cooking, they do like a uh, literally a softball game against the locals that live <laughs> well, there. What? You know, it's like so. It's just a great thing all the, the way lo- down. The locals have been training the entire year. We're going to yeah, get we're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're get these rich white people. <laughs> do you perform? Mm-hmm. Do you no, perform? I've never gone down. Oh, okay. So the down is the pleasure part okay. of it. It's a baha ha ha. It's like everyone's having a good time because it's downwind sailing. The seas are following. The wind is following. So you're just cruising. Yeah. Everything eased out. Nothing's crazy too much. Uh, but to get your boat back is called the Baja Bash and nobody likes it because oh, it's no. upwind the whole time. Wow. You're pounding in the seas the whole time. So that's what I did. My friends wanted to get their boat back. I'm surprised they don't call it the San Diego no-no or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So, so, so how, did, how, how did you get down there in the first place? I flew place? down flew. to Cabo, okay. took a three-hour bus ride up to La Paz. We spent, mm. uh, and it was just, there was supposed to be three of us. The, guy, uh, the guy's wife, his name is Peter and Susan, awesome people. Uh, that's like so. That's such an elder couple name. Yeah, a good Peter way. and like, Susan. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and they're not elder. I mean, they're in their sixties. But uh, like Peter's amazing. He just uh, he's been doing. He rides like uh, road bikes. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. And he's sixty something. Yeah. I don't know, but that's he's awesome. my hero because he's in better shape. Like a year ago, he took a spill and broke like three ribs and like punctured his lung. And now he's like getting on the the podium. Just last week, he was winning like some 
crazy bike race up in I, the oh north. I love hearing stuff like that. Like, what should I like, have Peter I still have time. I still got time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get my shit. No, the problem is he's had his shit together his whole life. I, I say yeah, that too. At yeah. 37, I'm like, all right, man, like, you know, you're a dad. You really need to start exercising more. You need to start. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, I started saying that when I was 32. <laughs> I know. And I'm 37. It's I always done that, anything. that idea of like starting tomorrow. Yeah. You know? and oh, it's like, yeah. It's always starting tomorrow. I got this new book. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, man. The things. Yeah. Oh, oh, the oh, motivational yeah, 28 bullshit. 28 days of, of clean eating yeah. or something. I'll have that. Yeah. Oh. Or like, I'll, yeah, I'll just be like, okay, starting tomorrow, I'm on a juice cleanse every Tuesday, every Wednesday, I will like join a new gym and yeah. never, nothing works. I love that when you see on any social media, someone with like uh, uh, like a hand weight and they're like, hitting the gym, starting a thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's the last yeah, post. That, ended, yeah. that is the last post. Yeah. So yeah. The we, next day it was a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> do, do Peter and Susan at all, do you think, try to get you into a romantic thing with Jesus, them? Jesus, Meryl. Into their Bermuda Triangle? Have no. you, ever, wait, no. have you okay. ever done that? You considered it though. <laughs> would like, you hey, fuck? Would you fuck Susan? Susan would be an interesting fuck. Oh, <laughs> Susan's a so feisty. Sorry. She's a, she's a civil engineer. She's a smart feisty lady. Oh, then she's that I needs. appreciate. Like she's, she's a got... no bullshit woman. I don't, I don't know. You know. I mean, if we're gonna, I mean, what? I'm not gonna lie and say I'd never thought wow. about it before. You thought about it? Well, I'm a man. And well, yeah, but I, 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 okay, I didn't even think about that at all. Thinking like Peter and Susan. You, oh, really? I think of everything. And you're like, scenario. oh, would you fuck them? And I'm yeah. like, whoa, why did you? Say well, that? in her and mind, it, she's like, uh, you're on a sailboat. Yeah. You're in Cabo. How are you not fucking them? Right. I don't get why there isn't huh. an orgy. That's what I pictured huh. in my mind. It's, it's 150 boats that all have an orgy on the beach when they get there, right? There has to be. There has to be some some hoo-hoos, if you will. The baja hoo-hoo. The thing about a sailboat is that it seems like such a cool thing to do go sailing yeah. but also when it turns dark it's the first place it's that scary. people die it's like that? what do you mean just there's always like horror films <laughs> on sailboats shit going there's horror down. films everywhere people, you can't have a cabin in the woods without i know that's what either. i'm saying a cabin is like oh that's i want to just go have a peaceful weekend at the cabin it's like until it gets dark the tit right? oh no you're talking like i am i'm a 37 year old man that's scared of the dark yeah. it is hard for me not to have my brain go negative yeah or into that space like i remember uh uh my ex-wife and I, we were down in Mexico and at one point we were staying, she found this like awesome deal. We're down in like Cerritos, which is just north of Cabo and like an hour north of there on the beach. We were the only people at this resort, the only ones. And we were in a Palapa on the beach. Like the water is a hundred yards away. Uh -huh. It's gorgeous. And we're sitting there and she's like totally at peace, reading her book, comfortable, relaxed. And I'm sitting there and out of nowhere, I'm like, this is where they kill you. Yeah. This is clearly, yeah. there's no one else at the resort. Yeah. There's nobody here. We're the <laughs> only people. Are we sure this is a resort? You're yeah. right. It's What's shining. happening? It's the shining. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, this is clearly where they kill you. They're like the ethanol in your drinks. You take yeah, one sip knows? and all of a sudden yeah. you're like, everything's blurry. Passed out. You have stitches in your side. Mm -hmm. You no longer have kidney. I don't know. But yeah, that's where my brain goes. Like even, I was just up in uh, <laughs> Wisconsin. My grandparents have a cabin up in Wisconsin. Oh, jeez. And I you're took my daughter up man. there. man. I like all this. I try a lot of landscapes I love it. <laughs> and I took my daughter up there and it's like, this is where I grew up going as a kid. And like, I get to show my daughter. I mean, she's only two, but like we got to do a lot. And we played in the yard and stuff. But at night you're in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, like the most beautiful yeah. skies and the star, like you can see so much. And I remember like I stepped outside and I walked 10 feet from like the front stoop into the lawn. And this is like middle of nowhere. Like you're seven miles from the nearest town. That town only has 600 people. Like right. it's tiny. And I stepped 10 steps away from the, the, the steps of the house 
and I got terrified. Yeah. Because one, like, like pitch black. Now there's like bears. Now there's wolves. You can hear coyote. Like <laughs> there's like shit in the woods that when I was there wasn't there. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's enough. I'll go yeah. back inside where yeah. the satellite TV <laughs> is and knock the door. But like, don't you yeah. feel like, I feel like there's not a lot of murders in Wisconsin because people just seem happy to be no, there. No, but for some reason in my head, that's exactly why this is when a guy carrying an axe comes out of the, which <laughs> if I really process it, I'm like, what a shitty walk for that guy. Yeah. Like this is, he's yeah. seven miles from town. He doesn't have a car. And he's just true. holding an axe. I feel bad when I have to hold groceries for too long. <laughs> like, like you switch it off because your arm's getting tired. Like an axe, like you're just like, God damn yeah. this axe, you know. Wait, Which I, I get to... why he's angry when he finally finds a house. He's like, I'm going to murder somebody. I'm carrying this axe. I'm not, not using the axe. I got to put this thing down in someone's, <laughs> in skull. someone's skull. And wait, I need to know. Okay, wait. So the, I want to. So the the Baja. What was it called? Bummer. Or what the was Baja. It called? Oh, the Baja Bash. So Baja it's Bash. 1,100 okay. miles coming home, upwind into sea. So there were supposed to be three of us. There ended up only being two of us because somebody bailed, which I didn't find out till I got there. So it was me and Peter because his wife's like, I'm not doing it. She flew back, and. Susan. Yeah, Susan. She's not fucking around, dude. Well, she is. Yeah, she may be. (laughs) So uh, we we leave La Paz. We spend two days sailing. We spend like three days there, which was great. I was just reading books, having margaritas. It was really like it was like kind of like a tease to like, this is what it's going to be. This is. Yeah. Not what it was going to be. We left La Paz. We took two days to get down to Cabo, the point. And those were nice, just kind of nice, easy sailing, motor sailing for the most part. So the motor's pushing you too, but you got the, those sails up just because we, we got ground to make. And then... And what's like your level of sailing um, I grew up kind of learning how to sail as a kid on catamarans, like small Hobie cats and stuff. And then I had, when I lived in Tampa, uh, which I lived for about 10 years from about 2001 to 2000, 2002 to 2012, something like that. And I had a small catamaran, a Hobie cat there. So I sailed a decent amount Damn, there. Okay. And then when I moved out here, I had my I brought my catamaran out. I barely used it, but then uh, when I met my my ex wife, she had uh, a Catalina twenty two, which is like just a twenty two wow. foot monohull. Both it was people. like yeah, uh, and it's like it's the perfect boat. It's like camping. It has a little bed in the front. It has a little dinette. It has a little couch. I mean, we'd, we'd spend weekends on it. You know, we'd even just go down and stay at the marina because wow. it was just like a little staycation. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was really good. So we were doing that a decent amount. And then, uh, and I've always wanted to get into bigger boats. Like I've always wanted, like my dream is to live on a boat. I'd love to like really have a boat and just take off and head to the South Pacific and like cross oceans. Like I want to do Oh it. my like, gosh, that's cool. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I'm and, sorry that I'm picturing you as like a Nordic god at the helm why are them. you sorry because i just don't want to Please. be inappropriate am i thinner than i am now in this, <laughs> um, in this, tan, do i have abs you're tanner than you are now and I it's just tanner. making your abs like it's, right yeah, just, it's, it's highlighting like they're showing abs, through you know? like he's yeah. got he's got yeah yeah he's and you're solid, like you're but. actually your legs are now a merman tail and you're holding like a neptune I, but don't, i mean these fork. are pretty good though i mean let's not it's <laughs> one of my best features um so you sailed up yeah so it was two of us and we left cabo and it was four hours on four hours off and we would do two to three days at a time. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like, I really? feel like I went half crazy. Like, you, I swear there were times where we would just, you know, you would relieve the other guy. And here on watch. And you're sitting in the cockpit. The autopilot's going. We're motor sailing. Because, again, we like, with that much seas, you just couldn't. We tried the first day. We were like, if we tack offshore, we think the winds will be right. That if we tack offshore for, like, 24 hours straight, we'll tack back and it'll do. We spent, in 24 hours, we went 130 some miles total but the only like so we went out sorry we went out and then tacked back 
And so we traveled a total of 130 so like, miles. It but feels the only like you're amount, going like a, a, yeah, a yeah. long ways. But the only, like, we only made 30 oh. miles good. What? And that's where we're like, fire up the motor. Like, we got to punch we through got, this. Yeah. Like, it's just not really an option to sail it. Um, but it was still four hours on, four hours off. And there were times where I swear I'd go below. And you're in full gear. You're strapped in. I mean, you're alone in the cockpit. The other guy's sleeping while you're oh doing this. So I did the uh, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., noon to 4 eight to midnight shift. So you have to sleep in those like little, yeah, you're sleeping. If you're not awake, you're sleeping because you're just, it's just that your brain needs it. Like, and you're not really sleeping well because the boat's pounding in the seas. Like it's a rough ride. It's blowing 25 knots in your face. Like it's real shit. You just explain. And you're offshore. Every relationship I've ever been in. (laughs) You're strapped in. The other other person's sleeping. You're in full gear. It's just pounding you. Susan's left you already. (laughs) I don't know know why we do this. So is that something that that you seek to do in the future again? It was one of those things that like when we got back, it was, I mean, it's a humbling experience to be. 80 miles offshore from Cabo, which there's nobody on the Cabo Peninsula. Not really. So you're 80 miles offshore from a piece of land that's just jagged rock. So if something did happen and you blew into it, you're You're fucking dying. And we have this piece of gear that shows you like where all the ships are because there's shipping lanes out there and some other sailboats and stuff like that. And I remember I was sitting there and it was my 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift, which I loved because it was the most beautiful watching the sunrise every day. You could see the satellites start going over because the sun would still be below, but it would light up the space station and satellites. You could see the stars. It was amazing. Uh, And so watching, it was good for the soul, you know, being out there. But it also, like, you're you're 80 miles offshore in an inky blue, like, dark blue ocean. Like, the Pacific Ocean is a terrifying ocean. That's what I'm saying. I grew up on the East Coast on the Pacific or on the Atlantic. And it's the kind of thing, like, I grew up going out in the boat all the time, going out and, like, uh, scuba diving at night and snorkeling and being in, like... Awesome. Because in Florida, if your boat, you can float for a week and you're fine. In the Pacific, because it's warm water, it's like 80 degrees. You're like yeah. a manatee. Yeah, yeah. You I can love just manatees. Hopefully thinner. Al- I don't, yeah. you gotta come no, on. No, not you. No, no, not you're, <laughs> you're not Jeez. a manatee. <laughs> I think we're touching on something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think no, we're, no yeah. you're not a manatee. I mean, if you if you float, like, like yeah, a boat, you then just, you're just a glorified manatee. Yeah. No, you're we're a, in you're the a Pacific, king of merman of god. You're king Neptune. Yeah. We're on the Pacific coast. I, I remember sitting there and I like went and bought a real nice. I bought a 400, like one of the nicest life jackets you can get your hands. Cause I'm like, you know, this is your life we're talking about. This yeah. is your insurance policy. Yeah. Right. And I remember sitting there being like, wow, shit really got bad. The closest boat is four hours away, which means they're going to get here and find me dead floating in the nicest life jacket money to buy. <laughs> they're going to eBay it. Like, yeah. They're going to be like, that's still good. Take that off him. <laughs> But oh, like man. that was the thing. Like you're in the middle of no, which there is a beautiful. I don't. It's I don't know if you want to call it humbling or whatever. But there is a, there's something beautiful about that. And in your soul, I remember one night, I wrote down all my insecurities and all my fears on a piece of paper, and then I crumpled them up and I threw them into the oh, ocean. Oh my gosh! And that was <laughs> they didn't go away. It'd be funny. But it, like I was just gonna say a turtle comes up and just immediately dies. And then dies. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all your insecurities, <laughs> yeah. dude. Don't put your shit on me. It's a symbol for like. But that much time, because truthfully, like the autopilot's running most of the time. I'm mean, like, yeah. we, we actually end up having like a kind of an incident that was uh, that was a little trying for us. But um, we, you know, with the autopilot's running. Wait, what was the incident? It was when we got closer up. We had a situation where the transmission cooler sprung a leak. Ooh. And uh, when uh, our Peter was definitely fitting, know what that is. yeah, you know, so your transmission it means you're cooling. going down, yeah. bitches. <laughs> yeah. Well, it means that we might not be able to run the motor, so now we're back to sailing, ah. which isn't it would would add 
days, probably at least a week to our time. And that's and, how her movie starts, where it's like one minor thing. Yeah, goes one wrong minor thing. Yeah. yeah, and so Peter was in the in the process of fixing it, and when it happened, he was like, "It wasn't like a big deal when we found it, but in the process of fixing it, we hit like a a, a wave really crashed on us, and he went sliding because the boat like like heeled way over." And when he went sliding, his forearm caught the two posts that stick up that the hoses go oh on gosh. for the co- and he literally sheared the two off. Oh. So now we had zero coolant going into the transmission. <laughs> and we're like, so we immediately like he yelled up and he's like, shut it down. So I shut the engine down. He's like, you know, and we were we were tacked head and in the shore because, uh, you know, just on these long tacks up the yeah. coast. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, just point us offshore. Let's just get some sea berth. You know, like we'll, we'll go. So I, I tacked us off, trimmed the sails, we're, and we're just heading out. I'm steering by hand now because now the engine's off, which means we don't have power, which right. means the autopilot's oh off, God. which also means now we have to steer by hand oh. the whole time, which doesn't, I mean. It's tiring. It can be. Well, it's just, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it can be. So uh, we're headed offshore. He's doing stuff. He ended up finding a way to kind of patch it, but then we had to be on top of it the whole time. And, like, we were taking, like, temperature sensors on the engine and on the oh, transmission. God. the whole. But, like, we were still able to run the motor. We figured out and whatever. But it was, like, for about six hours, we were, like, heading offshore, like, all right, this we might just be at sea for the next week. So Bo's biggest fear in the whole wide world is a whale. Is, the, is uh, whales. Is, is deep, deep ocean and getting, whales. Getting swallowed by a whale. I don't like swallowed it. isn't the issue. Here's a weird one with sailboats. Uh, I read this because now, I mean, Are I love you going to add on to my fear? Yeah, yeah. If you never go for a ride in the ocean on a sailboat with a red bottom, where they painted the bottom red, apparently whales, statistically, whales every now and then will get pissed off at a sailboat for some reason or a powerboat, right. and they will just ram them. And a decent-sized whale can put like a three-foot hole in the side right. of the hole, right? right. And which in a sailboat, a three-foot hole means you're sinking you're in done. like nine minutes. You're, you're dead. Oh, my Lord. Well, you're not dead. You have all the safety gear. You're That's dying. It. We have the best technology we now have like the automatic inflatable things that can hold twelve people, and they have rations for two weeks, and a satellite beacon to send to the coast. You can like, tweet from there, say we're technically as you're yeah, going you now. technically can. <laughs> you can tweet like we're fucked. <laughs> Hashtag With living like a, the life, living my best life. A gif of like <laughs> Hashtag King Neptune, <laughs> Bugs Bunny crying oh, or something. Bye bye. <laughs> you have something that I've noticed. Okay, so like I feel like a lot of comics are can't do anything else but i feel like you have a lot of skills and a lot of like aptitude. i seem to be strange in that sense yeah according to like my uh my best friend ryan hicks and hetero life mate um shout out to his uh other who you share him with is is he still dating our friend jordan yes he is okay yeah we've had her on the podcast oh, too fantastic. jordan coburn Wonderful we person. love her very too. funny yep. very talented yep um you guys share him we do share him um i feel like it the better half because she has to have sex with him <laughs> <laughs> um but He's always said, he's like, you know, like you're a freaking person. Like, yeah, you, you function. You fu- yeah. yeah. And I look at him like, no, I'm a basket case. In here. <laughs> like, I don't you know, I just can say like he always gave me shit because I remember one time we went to a comedy festival in Michigan a few years ago together, a group of us. And we were standing at the airport and there was like a group of it was me, Shane Brendan, Matt uh, Lockwood. I believe Asana Mod was there and Ryan. And we're standing in a circle waiting to get on our flight, I think on the way home. And somehow, like, this guy just happened to sort of be standing in our circle. He just kind (laughs) of was there. But, like, he wasn't engaging with us. He was just like, we're all standing and waiting. And so he's just standing next to me. And I was like, oh, where are you going? And they all looked at me like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, you make conversation. talking to a person? What what are you, crazy? (laughs) And I'm like, what? This is a guy. I have a nosy probing question. Go for it. Um, Are you able to take time off? like the way you are because of how well you have done in commercials. 
You mean for that thing? Just in general. Like no, for that, that I was that was way pre-commercials. Okay. That, that oh, trip, really? That okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, maybe what we should um, do is preface this with, yeah. sure, you're in commercials. I've you've done a, a couple. You've had yeah. a couple really successful commercials. We've got over 200 million views, That's which means like they watched it, not they <laughs> showed it. They yeah, watched yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to think uh, that 200 million people have like watched the thing I was in. And Dr. Squatch was the first, right? Yeah, Dr. Squatch was the first. I, and I got that by chance. That was pure luck on my part that I happened to do a set at the Madhouse. Okay. And the CEO and a couple of the other people from uh, Raindrop Branding and Marketing, which is a local marketing firm here in San Diego, they just happened to be at so the So they club. weren't like scouting for this commercial. No, they, they were just... out for somebody's bachelor party at a comedy show, oh which God. is horrible. Never do that. If you plan a bachelor party and you take the group to a comedy club, you are a horrible best man. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. I love that he's James isn't even looking at Bo and I no, you I'm are just, you are I'm looking at the audience. Yeah. To the audience. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily they had a horrible best man. And yeah. they planned this thing and they went and I don't know who it was, and I'm sorry because I know you. And so it was one of the people that I know and I love. But they ended up at the comedy show, and I happened to do a set at the Madhouse that night. Just I don't even know what night. I don't know if it was a weekend. I don't know if it was a Thursday. I don't know. But they saw me, and then a week later, we're having a meeting about Dr. Squatch, the client. And they were like, well, we need a guy. We need a front man. And somebody brought me up. Oh, my gosh. And they reached out, and they were like, hey, would you be interested? I was like, uh, sure. Yes. I mean, like, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the answer is yes, even though in my head I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And they were like, well, we kind of have a script. We have an idea. Here it is. Make it yours. See what you think. And then I, I took my passes at, at the information they had, and we, we created this thing and went back and forth a little bit, and then we shot it. And when we shot that, that was like – there was one, two, three, four, five of us in this yard out in Alpine, and it was like totally guerrilla style. Like we, yeah. we, we like one at one moment – somebody's holding the mic boom and then somebody else is like two trees over holding a light board yeah. like trying to get the light right like we had a camera a mic boom with a with a zoom yeah and and one like bounce board for light so Very it's not like a studio in universal you know, no we shot that, the whole like... thing in a backyard in one day wow that's awesome and that went that i mean once they launched it it just did i mean that's one of the most played commercials i've seen in general like i've it's like, got the, right the, now it's got Sixty, fifty-eight million. Views oh my or gosh! Okay, now, wow. W were commercials something that you were actively interested in no, before? I had no. It just as a comic, it was like, well, you know, I, you know, you're looking for like that the next that other avenue right. for a little exposure or money, sure, because there's no money in comedy, and and it just kind of happened. And then after we did that one, they they were like, all right, we'll you know bring you in, and because that one was all just it was like contract work, mm -hmm. and. And what is that product again? It's for like it's about smell. What, Doctor Squat. Yeah. What is it? So, so it's an all natural soap line for men. Okay. And it's a great product. I yeah. still use it uh, exclusively. That was one of the best things. Is when uh, after that came out, the the CEO and we kind of like negotiated because after that they kind of put me under contract to work with them, and that was like my first real like oh like I. Uh, I'll say it was like they put me on a contract for 30 grand wow. for a year, yep. which for a comic is like, yeah, that's, holy shit. Yeah. I have my year is taking care of. That's my full time of. job right now. Yeah, 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 honestly. And we were doing we had more scripts to do and like it, they, it was like a certain amount of hours per month and things like that. But like it was security in that sense. And at this point I was I was uh, with my wife. And so between the two of us, like it was fine and we were good and, and she had a, a good job. She's a very intelligent, uh, capable person. And. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I nervously laughed. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's he going to say next? <laughs> I'm like, you refer to her as an ex-wife now? And now she's so much more kid. Well, she That's is. So I know she ex-wife is. or not. This is a person You're that so I sweet. fell in love with. Sure. And she's amazing. And she was supportive. And, and she's crazy intelligent and very funny. And I... You know, we're where we are now, and that sucks. It's not what you want, but it's where we are. But it doesn't change any of the reasons why I fell in love with her, why I thought she was fantastic, and that she is fantastic. She's an incredible mother, and we're just here, and it, that sucks. But it doesn't change how great she is sure. in all those ways. That's a great... I wish more people had your perspective. It's a very mature way of looking at it any is. relationship. It's a loving and way. It's hard, to, told, it's hard know, to get to, because a lot of people... I just uh, saw a friend but the But it's other funny day. you say get to, because how do we get away from it? That's the part because you are yeah. there. You're yeah. in love. Yeah. This is the same person that you fell in love with. What? The, nothing changed. You you got to a point where all of those things are there, but now maybe there's other things that 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 make it not work, or that you can't get past, or that you aren't trying hard enough to get past. I and think work on together. I was gonna say I think usually it's that we fall out of uh, interest a little bit. We allow ourselves to sort of like well, yeah, go away from the, the interest. The novelty yeah, yeah. is yeah. now like the excitement. Every is day gone. we're here, or it you, turns toxic. Like for me, sometimes it's like what starts as real love kind of turns like in like a, I know how to like twist your emotions around, yeah. and then it gets like you almost know the person too well, and it's like you turn in on but each other. That comes other. down to your maturity. Familiarity breeds you know contempt. I mean? Like, <laughs> absence makes me kill you. <laughs> I don't know what that. Is. I thought it was absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. She's changed it. Yeah. She's changed it. And there's a creepy devil in there too. But, but you're absence right. Absence makes me kill you. Whenever, whenever people ask, like, well, why didn't it work, or why do you think it didn't work? I'm just like. You know, we just stopped trying as hard as we used to try. You know? Well, I, but did you, you, you try that. in the beginning? Because that's the beauty of the beginning is mm. you don't, it doesn't feel like trying because yeah. everything's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's like vacation. Yeah. The yeah. first yeah. week of vacation is awesome. The yeah. second week, it's odd how much you just kind of want to go home. It's a ha 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 going there. And then like yeah. the yeah. seventh year that's of marriage true. is it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to go from here. Oh, well, we were talking about commercials. Oh, right, yeah, commercials. Yeah, okay. so, <laughs> so I got that, and it did really well, and then we sh- we wrote some more stuff and filmed some more stuff, and we kind of like learned along the way, like, oh, okay, like we thought we knew what we were doing. We turned out a couple more. They didn't really get as much response as the first couple, and then we worked on some other stuff, and and uh, and then I, within that, because of the, the marketing firm, they were like, well, you know, we got uh, Soapy Joe's. They want to do a thing. Will you help us write? And they kind of brought me in, too. I was doing just some contract writing with them on the side That's as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, was, I wrote for Soapy Joe's, and we did a commercial for that. And that was cool, like, locally. I was, like, on two of the Soapy Joe's buildings, one in Imperial Beach and one oh, in Oceanside. Okay. Did you write that with another comic, too, or something? Uh, or? Actually, there was, like, six short spots that we did. Uh-huh. I wrote one that I didn't do. I wrote one for a female lead, and then I ended up doing the surfer version of one that somebody else wrote. How cool. Okay. So, um, and that was just like, so it was kind of like, oh, like this is kind of happening. And like, what else? So I did that. I did the Soapy Joe's, Dr. Squatch, and then the the William Painter guys, um, which is a local San Diego company that does, uh, right now, well, their first product was sunglasses. And they just make really high quality sunglasses, and they... Their whole goal is they they just I'm gonna say this they want to do business right and by that they means like we want to make really quality goods really mm-hmm. good quality goods and we want to take care of the customer like the customer does come first here that's like, cool so Jack talked to them or they saw that the the success of that commercial and Matt and Patrick and the guys at William Painter were like you know we want to do one too so they went to the marketing firm and 
uh, uh, myself, Ryan Hicks, and the team at, at Raindrop wrote this script. And then Ryan and I pitched it to him in the meeting. And they were like, well, are you going to do it? Oh my and I was gosh. like, I, ca- I can. Like, I'm, I'm in if yeah. you want it. And they were yeah. like, cool. We like your vibe. We like your look. Like, yeah, you yeah. do it. We like the way you deliver it. And so we made that one. And that one got that like, one broke I think the got, internet. That one broke the internet. We got fifty million views in like six months. So what what was it in particular? Because I know it's about like if you have a face, these sunglasses are for you. Yeah, your face is your money maker, and you should believe in yourself and do the right thing. And these are why they're these are why you should get these because one they will look good because we didn't we didn't redesign sunglasses. And I say we because now I'm like part of their yeah, team. Oh, like yeah. Now yep. that is actually now my job because I, so I am cool. I work for them as an employee. And uh, and like a brand ambassador slash also writer slash yeah I mean I do everything like, from I mean yesterday I was working on on just emails for them like like hey you're a writer you 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 know words and use them and every night you're on stage performing like we can write the email but you can make the email like interesting engaging yeah because yeah. I love if something like if a site crashes and instead of just like a broken sign a company will have like ooh, like oopsies you know like yeah they're like little, little like, human touches yeah, I human. love that kind exactly. of stuff yeah because yeah, it is sterile out there it feels like you know when you get an email from you you know Bank of America yeah it's like okay this was generate but like when we send one it I mean yes was it generated by a computer yeah it was but guess what we like wrote it to really talk to you and be like this is like we <laughs> Yeah, just from that standpoint, we, we write everything and we do stuff to be like, you're a person. We're yeah. dealing with a human. We know that. You're not a number. You're not a thing. If you're in the family, we will take care of you. We promise. If something's not right, we'll fix it. Yeah, I think a lot of the direct-to-consumer brands like that advertise on podcasts like MeUndies and the, yeah. the toothbrushes, I feel like they all kind of are communicating in a similar way, too. Where right. It's very it's more conversational. It's like you're talking to a friend rather than just like a giant company telling you But it is you direct something. marketing. And, and you look at like, okay, so Budweiser. Budweiser makes a commercial, and they're like, they put it on television for the Super Bowl, and it's like, all right, this commercial has to be for everyone. Right. And right. so it's so general and, and broad in that sense where we – can make a commercial that we're like, no, no, like, who are our people? Who are the people that, that we think will be buying these? Yeah. And then we can write towards that. And then the way the internet marketing works is that you can literally push the ad towards that group of people mm-hmm. and then really engage and connect. And, like, yeah. it's interesting. Like, I, I get a lot of DMs and a lot of stuff of, like, you know, or even the comments, if you read the comments on the videos that we've done out, most of it is very positive. It's about 10%. One in 10 messages i get or comments is like this is the worst shit i've ever seen (laughs) you guys are horrible i'm sick of seeing your dumb face you don't know how to sell anything. Oh You're the gosh. worst, you fat piece of shit. Could you da, imagine da, da, writing da, da. a company to, like, their spokesperson and writing that? I just can't imagine. But it's just, it's one in ten. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. guess what? One in ten people are assholes. Yeah, so definitely. So I have to remind myself, because it is easy just to read the negatives. Yeah. Wow. And But you have to remind myself, like, no, nine people were like, dude, I watched your whole ad. I just watched three minutes and 40 seconds of an ad when the video I was going to watch was only 45 seconds long. And the truth is your ad was better than the video I was going to... Like, we get a lot of that. Yeah. And that, to me, I was like... That's awesome. I didn't know what I was doing I when we started this. And I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing. But, but to get that back is like, oh, like, we're on to something. I like, think we, that's why it works because you don't know what you're doing I in the beginning. I have no clue what the fuck Do you know what I'm doing. saying? Like, uh, <coughs> everyone else everyone else is going to take the steps that like, uh, they were taught. commercial advertising yeah. school or something yeah. and you're going like i'm just good it. at words Let's, yeah that's probably why yeah. it connected to people uh, one thing i really love about the commercials is that like 
they didn't try to change you at all. Like not like no. like it's you as a, a a normal, very nice looking man. And so, but I like Jesus, Meryl. Yeah, God, I'm not just hitting let on it him. Go. Are you not? No, no, that's just a kind. He's thing. my it's friend. A kind thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bo, who, yeah. man, he's uh, mounted so on, jealous. You're, you're, he's like, no, 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 no. Keep it coming. I'll take the compliments, Keep man. Keep the compliments. What I'm saying yeah. is that, like, in this day and age, it's tough to get or give compliments. Yeah, so I I'm saying that. it as a human being to human being. What, what is it? absence makes me kill you? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like whisper that in your ear tonight. <laughs> I'll come yes. to your house. But like uh, in the commercials, they keep you as you. Like you get to keep your beard. Yeah. You get to keep your nice long hair. You. Yeah. They and they said, they I mean, that was like, part of the writing process where they were like, "Hey, make like here's you know even with the first one, Raindrop had like an outline, and they were like, this is what we want, but like make it you. Like we yeah. want you to show. And that was the biggest thing because even with with some of the stuff, we were still kind of getting experimental with the the Doctor Squatch ads in the beginning and doing stuff. And that was kind of like a persona of me. Um, the most recent one we put out, uh, which is doing great. It's been out a month, and we're at like eleven million views. Like, Damn! It's like these things are doing great. See, like, that's it's so awesome. freaking cool to have that to go from being a you know, and you have had a lot of success as well as a stand up and many other things. But then to go from that to like just going right to the top of like millions of views and millions of people seeing you, yeah. not even like it's, one of many in a sitcom, but like you're the standalone in yeah. this bit. Like I, I, to me, that seems like such a success. It's a huge success in the standpoint of like a year and a half ago, nothing. Yeah. And, and by nothing, I mean like, millions. like you said in comedy, in the local scene, I've done well and I've, I've I get booked on shows and I You've get to won, do like best and stuff. funniest person or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that is success and it's wonderful. But like from a career standpoint, it's like, there's no money. There's right. not like, I still had no security yeah, and no money really coming in from comedy. I think the best comedy year I had after, I think it was like year six, I made $8,000. Mm-hmm. That's Well, you crazy. can't live off $8,000. No. So what I mean, were you doing? Uh, Drugs. Struggling. Oh. Struggling. <laughs> you can't afford drugs with no, eight selling 000. them. Oh, selling? No. No, I just don't have it in me. No, I don't. me neither. I couldn't be a hustler. Yeah. Like Let's, that. I want to talk about comedy a little bit. Yeah. Because obviously, that's what brought you to this. Like, yeah. right, all yeah. the things that you were doing, you didn't realize were uh, gearing you up for... A, to be a, a great writer on this situation of commercials. Which, don't give me all the credit. The, the, the crew at Raindrop... And the guys at William Painter and the people like I didn't write any of this alone. Sure. But you're punching it up at minimum. I, I get final pass just to kind of change the words to how I would say sure, it. But like sure. the meat's there. But you're really natural, and especially thinking about you filming that in one day, that one commercial. It's like you're really natural on camera, which is great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what I want to ask you is I didn't know that you were from Florida. I grew up in the, in the Florida Keys. And then I lived in Tampa, or I lived in Orlando for college for a couple of years, and then uh, Tampa for. You about lived 10. in Orlando. Yeah, I lived. There. <laughs> I went to UCF. Orlando and Tampa; those are some special places. Tampa is Orlando. I didn't realize is just a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> until I left. Yeah. Uh, Wait, and Bo, but I was did, in college. I, I think mean, Bo went to a school in no, Orlando. No, I went to a small program. Just shut the fuck. What'd up. What'd you do? Oh, Full well, sale? No, do? no, no. I did. I did uh, the Disney Institute. That <laughs> oh, she's yeah. bringing that up. What's for wrong with ana- that? For animation. Very cool. That's amazing. Because she just likes to throw it at me. Like, <laughs> Why? How is that a negative? I don't know. I think it's because, amazing, hey, but he's embarrassed by it. So absence makes me kill you. You know yeah. what I mean? That kind of <laughs> um, so what, did you start comedy in Florida? Te- well, technically, <laughs> the first time I ever did a stand-up set, I was in seventh grade. And I did five minutes in front of like 150 classmates at some wow. thing. That's pretty. I don't know what I did. I did get a couple of laughs. That's amazing. Um, that's so good. That's what amazing. made you even want to do that? You know what's funny? I didn't realize it till till 
just recently, like a couple of years ago, when I started being like, you know, what is my comedy history? Like, how did I? I've always thought I could I could do this in some way. Yeah. And now looking back, I realize like, oh shit, the amount of stand up comedy. One of my first memories of watching something on TV with my family, and it was the first comedy I ever saw was. Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> HBO special, really, from like 1985. I know it. I've seen it. I was it. okay. You've seen it with yes. like the she has the white jacket and yep. she puts on it. My hair, uh huh. My hair. Yep. You know, I was five when I saw that. Yeah. And it's not appropriate for five year old, no, but no, like no. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing Bill Cosby himself, which I could recite. By the time I was seven, <laughs> I could recite that, and I would I would do all of Bill Cosby himself to my dad. And my dad would laugh his ass off. That's awesome. And I realized now, like looking back, like those were all parts of my life. Um, at one point there was, and I think it was like probably like age like seven through middle school or the start of middle school where my family would all be out in the living room watching TV and I would sneak into my parents' room and watch Comedy Central stand-up. Really? And I would just watch Bill Bellamy, Mark Maron, um, um, uh, uh, I don't know, blanking Other on names, people. but like, yeah, anything. It didn't matter. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. It was Comedy Central was all I watched as yeah. a kid. And it, now looking back, I was like, that's crazy. Like, I never realized. But I remember always being like, I want to do that. Like, I think I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. That's and awesome. And then uh, nothing. I, you know, I did some theater. I did local theater when I was in elementary school, in middle school, in, in high school. Uh, I was in drama in high school. Uh, when I got to college, um. I really didn't do anything. I was a cheerleader. I mean, I, che- I played no sports. Way. You were a I cheered in college. Yeah. <gasps> I cheered in high school for three years and played every other sport. I played football, baseball, soccer, tennis, and cheered. Wait, hold on. I can't let this go. Yeah. So, 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 my, my brain just blows up. So, did you like, you lifted all the girls up? That, well, yeah. Once you get to college, they hand you, uh, they, they pretty much, hand, it's a weird way to put it in this day and age. They hand you a girl and say, throw her over your head for the next three hours. That's practice. My first practice in wow. college was harder than three years of high school cheerleading. Wow. Because that was just pretty much me hanging out with 26 girls. Did you date them? <laughs> Never them? dated a cheerleader. No. Really? Never did. Did you get wow. flack from football players? Did you guys get cheer- um, you I played teams? football all except one year in high school. And and now looking back, I should have played football. In my mind, I was like, it'd be fun. I'll cheer for fun. And I remember standing on the sidelines at a football game. And watching the game and being like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> like, why am I standing here? This is like mm, just throwing a girl sh- over your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, I was like, I should have played football this year. And I remember I, the football, the high school football coach, it was my junior year. He walked over in the middle of a game because I went to a tiny high school in the Keys. Like, yeah. like when I played my freshman year, I was on JV, but I was, st- I was like 5'10, 180 pounds. And I remember like, I'm on JV. And the whistle blew at the beginning of the game. I went on the field. And then when the whistle blew at the end of the game, I came off. Because we only had 18 players to field yeah. the 11 posi- You know, I never left the field. Yeah. And I also was back up every single lineman position on varsity. <laughs> and you were the male cheerleader, too. You're and, like, hold well, on. During <laughs> basketball season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, announcing. And so, <laughs> He's announcing as well. Yeah, I did use him in this. <laughs> um, but I remember one time I'm standing on the sideline during a football game my junior year when I, when I was cheering. And, and I'm in regretting it. I was like, I should have played. And the football coach just walked over and he just stopped in front of me and just looked at me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was really like, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're my right. gosh. I That's hysterical. I what, what even made you go? I want to be in a, a cheerleader. A buddy yeah. of mine pulled me aside. A guy I played football with it. He did it like at his middle school. They had a cheerleading yeah. thing and he used to. And he was like, hey, basketball season, like after football, do you want to cheer with me? I want to do it one more year. Like he was a senior. I was a sophomore. 
Yeah. And he was like, do you want to, will you do it with me? I just don't want to do it alone. I was like, hanging out with 26 girls. Yeah. And seeing Stretching their, dudes. yeah, seeing their, like, mm-hmm. did, careful, you, know, you get up careful. close. You got to be you careful. See, no, you see their personality shine through in the way that <laughs> they move their body, it. their beautiful, respectful bodies. Yes. Did you ever drop someone and their neck snapped? No. Jesus. No. no. I was very, I was a very good spotter, but that gets, that gets very, especially, I mean, even in this day and age, but even then I remember the thing that every guy thinks is awesome about cheerleading is the worst part of cheerleading. The fact that that there are embarrassing moments, the fact that you do see things, the fact that you do grab things, the yeah. fact that they're falling down and it's them hitting the ground or you grabbing them in any way possible and oh, boobs yeah. and butts <laughs> or handles, man. Yeah. And yeah. it's your either your your head's hitting the ground or I have to grab you. Yeah. <laughs> so which do you want? And the truth is at that point, you're so close with these people. Like I was, sure. that's why I didn't date any of them. Cause at yeah. that point I'm like their brother. Yes. Like I've yeah. known them one. I've known half of them since I was five. Cause it was tiny keys town. But I mean, honestly, that's the number one porn hub search is like <laughs> stepbrother fucks. Cheerleader. Yeah. 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 But this, yeah. Was, yeah, but that's now. Oh, We're talking that's back now. then. Oh, yeah. Back then it was great. Back I mean, then it seems it so just... hot to me now. <laughs> yeah. so. so I always like performing. Give me a reason to be in front of people. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I think I like cheerleading. Cause you really, I mean, is you can engage the audience. You can, I mean, it's a thing. Uh, theater I really enjoyed and then it was after I did it once I was suffering from some pretty hardcore depression in college I went to see a therapist and she said well what do you want to do and I said I don't know I've always kind of wanted to do stand-up she's like okay well that's your assignment like you need you have to when you go back to college she's like you need to get a notebook you need to start writing jokes you need to find an open mic in your town and in three months you need to you need to call that club and find out in three months from now you do an open mic I love her go do it Oh, I, yeah. That's that was, a great, like, that would scare the fuck out of me. It did. Yeah. Of course it did. Yeah. And so I got a notebook and I started writing jokes and uh, I found this open mic at the the Orlando Improv and I called a bunch of friends and like, and it was really supportive. Like I, I had like 12 people in the audience and it was a packed room and there was like 80 people there. I'd never done stand up before. I didn't know about the light. I didn't know anything. And I'm nervous as hell. And... I'm drive. We're driving in the car, and for some reason, and I think this this like comes back from like watching all those Comedy Central specials in the '90s, is I put on like slacks, dress shoes, oh, a button-down like shirt. Nice. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And that's, this is shit I never wear. I don't wear this stuff ever. And we're in the car driving, and I'm like uncomfortable. I'm like, ugh, like why am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Fuck, I'm terrified. And like we had done a shot before we left, and I had a flask of whiskey with me because in my mind I was like, well, no matter what. I'll be fine because if I have to, I'll just take this out, chug it, and that'll probably get a laugh, and I can just get off state. Like I don't yeah, know, right? Yeah. And uh, we're driving there, and my roommates are in the car with me, and I'm like freaking out. They're like, "Dude, you're gonna be fine. Just just relax. Pretend you're on the couch hanging out with us. You're hilarious. It's gonna be fine." And I was like, "Yeah, but like I don't know. Why I'm wearing this stuff. Like if I was at home, I'd be in like like my boxers and just like a t-shirt and da da." And they were like, "Well, then do it." I was Shut like, "What?" Up. They're like, "Do it." And I was like. All right, cool. And so I got there and all the comics for the open mic were upstairs and the crowds down below. And there's like a green room that you go into from upstairs. And then there's a door that opens up and you go down the stairwell. That's all visible to the audience. <laughs> so I go into this green room cause I'm next and there's a TV in there showing the guy that's on stage. I go in there and I literally strip down to my boxers, my t-shirt. Uh, I was in dress socks, dress oh, socks and I put Lord. my shoes back on. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then I have my flask and my notebook. And all of a sudden, it's my turn, right? This guy comes up the stairs, walks in. He just walks into a naked guy in a room. I'm in my underwear and shit. And he like, what the fuck? And then I go immediately down the stairs onto the stage. 
And I remember I'm standing there, I'm looking, and there's the microphone, and I have my flask and my notebook. And I'm like, well, shit, I have to hold the microphone. Yeah. Which means I have to give up one of these. So I gave up the material. (laughs) (laughs) Really? And I grabbed the microphone, and I opened the flask, and I sat down, and I just held the microphone, and I just started talking. Oh, my Lord. I don't know how long I did. I was only supposed to do, like, five minutes. I never saw the light. I never saw it. I, they never told me where it was. They never told me how it worked. I didn't know. Yeah. And I ended up doing like nine minutes or something. And in it went boxers, well. In my boxers. With your dress of, shoes. It was my dress shoes and socks and a white, <laughs> a white undershirt. And it went, it actually went really well. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me and I didn't do it for 10 more years. Are you kidding it me? Went so, it went well enough that I was like, well, how would I ever top that? I can't ever top yeah. that. Yeah. That was like, that was, and my that bro- is, I remember like afterwards, like my friends were like, dude, that was amazing. Oh my God. My brother came out to me and, and, and he said something that I think at the time was very nice, but it also terrified me and it sunk in and probably made it harder for me to go back where he was like, dude, I've never been more proud of you in my entire life. Oh, oh no. And I was like, that's amazing. And I'm like, that's a shit ton of pressure. Yeah. yeah. And which, I mean, he didn't, you know, he was wow, like, wow, you waited 10, 10 years. years. I was in Tampa. It was towards the end of my construction career there, and I started doing improv. I found like a local improv group, and I was like, hey, I'd love to join. And they're like, wow, you can't really just join our group, but like, there's a class. A bunch of us are in it. You should take it. Yeah. And so I signed up for this class, and it was every Monday night for like 12 weeks, and it was three hours a night, and we're doing that. And the guys in the troupe were like, oh, fuck get over here. Like, hey, we perform every Thursday. Come just, you know, so like two weeks in, they were like, yeah, come on over. Like, let's work. Yeah. And so every Monday we're doing three hours of class. Every Thursday we're doing two half hour. Oh my sets. gosh. And I was just in it and I was married. I was a stepdad at the time. Uh, uh, my, my first wife, Jamie, she was totally supportive. She was great. And, um, that just got me like just in that comedy zone again yeah. or not again, like really for the and first just on time on the stage again and on and the stage yeah. and performing. And I started writing a bunch and then about eight weeks into that, uh, I decided I didn't want to do construction anymore. I'd been there nine years. I, I sat at a desk. I'd been in the office for about four and a half doing all the bookkeeping, all the bidding, all the planning. Um, wow. And I just I just realized like, oh, I sit at this desk and I hate my life 10 hours a day. This is why you're a normal person. It's because you led a normal life. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. understood how life actually works. You showed up to work works. every you day. You showed up to work. Yeah. You did the grind. And, in your, in and your I had mu- a good life. Yeah, I had it, this little house in Tampa and I had a, a little sailboat and I owned a, a share in a little airplane, you know, and I was flying and sailing and raising kids and married. Yeah. And, and then and then, then I realized I hated nine hours a day of my life. So then I started figuring out like, all right, I got to get out of this. And at the time, my wife was was supportive. But then she and I actually got like kind of in the midst of that. She and I had conversations. It wasn't even fights. It was just conversations. And we came to the the decision of like maybe this isn't right maybe we shouldn't be together you know Mm -hmm. this just isn't working for for either of us on the level that it should yeah and we had the nicest divorce two people could ask for and all of a sudden i was out of construction i had gotten a divorce and i was like okay i'm 30 years old and i don't owe anybody anything wow for the first time it felt like after high school yeah there's no one to answer to there's no expectation yeah you yeah. can do anything. Wow. Where at 18, when you graduate high school, you can't be like, yeah. I'm going to go. Your parents are like, uh, you're going to go to college. You're going to get a fucking job. Yeah, then. you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, you're not just hanging out. And, you know, mm-hmm. and and truthfully, though, when I was younger, I grew up in the Florida Keys. I grew up in a town 
I, you know, my graduating class was 120. Yeah. Everything on Comedy Central, that's, that's, that's a, that's on the moon. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's uh, not I even totally, a thing. I totally you can't get there. It's that's a not a possibility. Sat, you, know, right. you know, Saturday Night Live's not a thing you can do. Right. That's not a, you know. I, I, I'm from a very small town in Ohio of 800 people. Yeah. So it's the same. Yeah. It's like, I You're thought like, that, that didn't even exist it's a in, different universe. in America. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> on another planet. No, no, they pick that when you're a child somewhere. It's like China and gymnasts. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. That person has been supposed to do that since they were two. Yeah. Because they live in New York City, and that's how that yeah. happens. I would something. see the weatherman. It, like, I, one time I was in another city, and we saw the weatherman that was on our news, right? Because our news was from two hours away. That's the news. The oh, night, the my news gosh. Where. That's hilarious. I saw the weatherman, and I fucking had, like, I was shell-shocked. I was just a little bit like, what the fuck? That's yeah. that guy. He's famous. It's like, yeah. no. And he predicts the weather. Yeah. <laughs> that's Charlie Uppenauer. He's a nobody. Oh. Yeah. But, in, yeah, so, all of a sudden... Like I said, I'm 30. What am I going to do? What do I want? Nobody else has any expectation. Yeah. Nobody else has any demands. I don't owe anybody anything besides the credit card company. <laughs> and that was when I realized like a bunch of this. I was writing a bunch because of the improv. I was just in a good space where I was just writing constantly. And I realized a bunch of it was stand-up. And I literally like moved my ex out and <laughs> and gave her all the furniture and stuff. And, and you know, we parted ways in the most lovely way. And I set, I built my truck out. I have a pickup truck. I put a topper on the back. I built a bed in the back. I got it ready to go. And I spent uh, the next six months, about five and a half months, driving around the country, doing every open mic I could find, oh couch surfing, gosh. staying with friends, family, getting to know, like I stayed for two weeks with like an uncle of mine that I really hadn't really spent time with. And I got to know him, um, made my way all the way up the East Coast, hitting open mics, did a an improv um what the this festival is like mind melding to me because it takes so much balls to walk into a room in my opinion of perfect strangers just like and, and saying i'm going to do open mics all the way all around finding yeah. weird rooms with people that know each other but i don't know them and i'm going to jump yeah, on i didn't shit. know that though i didn't know how any of this worked so I, I had done at that point like three open mics in tampa that's amazing. And a bunch of improv. And so to me, I'm like, oh, you just find an open mic and go up. And if anything, there's less pressure because I leave tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not going to like do my set and then be here for. You're not in this weird um, town I'm not where living everyone here knows that. you. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, so I hit like, I don't know, it was like 26 cities total. Made my way all the way up the coast. Did, you did uh, like a little tour. That's I so did. funny. I did. I did a little open mic tour. Yeah, living yeah. out of my truck and couch surfing, a lot of state parks. And I loved it. Like the truck was really comfortable. It was every. It was a weird place to be where everything I owned fit in my truck. Wow. And there was there was a very there was a, a, a security in that. And I think that's why I like the idea of like a sailboat. Yeah. Or even like the tiny house movement. Like the more shit you have, it's Absolutely. just it's just weighing on it's you. It's a distraction from like living in real yeah. life. And being and in stuff. the moment. And, yeah. and I will say this, those five and a half months, I lived more life in five and a half months than I had lived in five years. Yeah. Because you're in a new city or a new place with new people, traveling alone is magical in the sense that you have no choice but to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can be a loner a little bit, but like if you want to do things or find things or if you're at the mic or whatever, what's the next mic? Oh, there's another one tomorrow night. You got to ask questions. You got to do stuff. And the couch surfing was amazing. I met um, like some really cool people that I'm still friends with through that. And uh, so that was five and a half months. Did a, an improv festival in New York, the DCM Festival, Del Close Marathon uh, that UCB puts on. And then I did a five-week improv summer intensive in Chicago, which was the greatest thing ever. And you just lived improv in your car while you're doing that? No, I sublet a place there okay. for that. Yeah, yeah. I sublet a place for those five weeks. And that was magical. If anyone wants to just be a better human, 
go drop 2,500 bucks, go to Chicago for the summer. And I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I don't care if you're a doctor, if you're a teacher, go do the improv Olympics summer intensive. You will be a better person. There's no way you won't come out of that a better person. It's Let's just do it, Bo. Twenty twenty. Oh, I, I I would recommend that to anybody, no matter what they do in life. It was such a cool really? experience. It was eight hours a day of just doing improv and being taught things and being emotional and being vulnerable and expressing yourself and learning how to read people. And, and the biggest thing you learn is to listen. Yeah. Your listening skills just go through the roof. Yeah. Because that's what improv improv is: listening and reacting. And if you don't listen, you can't react. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like, if you're, again, I don't care what you do. If you're a lawyer, you will be a better lawyer. If you're a doctor, you will be a better doctor because your listening skills just through the roof. I feel like improv helped me to not turn away from the awkward moments like of walking into a party and normally like the first five seconds, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I want to leave right now. And then I would kind of either leave or check out or decide like where I'm going to stand. But I feel like what the times that I was doing improv, I was more like, okay, I can live in this moment where I'm standing alone and I don't know anyone. Yeah. You know, the sentence right there, live in the moment. Yeah. You can walk into that room and, 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 and listen. And what listening means is also listen to yourself, listen to your body. Listen to your, your nerves. Listen to that, the little voice in your head, which actually the little voice is the one that you need to turn the volume down. It's literally everything else. Because if when you, And I feel the same. Like I walk into a room or I do things now or on stage especially, you know, I have a tendency that when I start a comedy set, I will go on stage and let it get very awkward. I will, I will like be either I – w- I won't say anything or I'll just say hello and then I will literally stare at them. Really? Because there's this part of me – that I want to reset the room. I'm not the last guy. Yeah. And whatever was happening, whether it was great or bad, yeah. we're going to reset. Yeah. And I also think there's part of it because, like, you know, I hate myself and I want <laughs> to punish you myself live and in make the awkwardness. it harder. That's yeah. But I love you're the You're facing, like, the big wave of being like, okay, right. weird thing that may happen. It may feel awkward. Let me, like, dive right in it. Yeah. And yeah, that's Let's that's all recognize that we're in this room and I'm up here for seven to 25 minutes. Like, what, yeah. you know, let's, we'll, and we'll get there. Um, and so listening to yourself and walking into the room at the party, because as social and as outgoing as I seem, I am an introvert. I am somebody that like, I like going to movies alone. I love eating alone. <laughs> yeah. I love, me like, too. Me too. I love eating alone too. I love yeah. going to movies alone. It's so the only way to much. go. It's you guys should so go to much. separate movies sometimes together. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I walked, eat at different restaurants <laughs> and then I, not talk to each other. If I yeah. walked in and saw you, I'd be like, yeah. Cool. And then, sit. and then I would sit someplace else. <laughs> yeah. I like, will not sit next you. to people in I movies. Yeah. I want a gap because uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. here for you. <laughs> they didn't spend $250 million making this movie yeah. for me to hear you tell yep. me about I it know. and what you think during the movie. Yep. So <laughs> I have a friend that always says that she feels so bad for when she sees people dining alone. And I'm like, if that was me oh and someone God. thought that they would be nice by joining me, I'm like, you will ruin my You're entire ruining evening. My time. Yeah. <laughs> I go back and forth on that because there's part of me. It's like, those are actual, like, as weird as it sounds, I would rather dine with a stranger. No, I mean, there's people I love and would want to eat <laughs> right, with. Right. But to me, I, that's a part, I love that. I love, yeah. and I, I kind of look at like, whether it's my marriages or relationships, the beginning of a relationship is very magical because it's just, it's the exploration. Yeah. It's the, yeah. it's the, it's the, un, this, you know, the mystery is being revealed of like, who is this person? And I, I, I feel like my whole life I've been able to be friends. Like, yes, I was a football player uh, and I played all the other sports. I also did theater. I was the guy, I was the guy that played varsity football and was a starting lineman. And I had to go to my football coach and be like, Hey, 
I won't be here next week because I'm in a play. <laughs> and he's you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I'm in a play and it's hell week. So we're like prepping. So we got stuff every day. And then we start this weekend. <laughs> so I can't be here Friday because I got two shows Friday. And he's like, we got a game on Friday. What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, this is what I do. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, that's not how this works. And I was like, well. This is how I work. That's where I'll be Friday. Oh my gosh, so, I love you. And then the, I got the part of Annie. You got to <laughs> yeah. understand. Yeah. And then the flip of <laughs> that too, you being the theater kid that then like comes to rehearsal and has to take your helmet off for a second. Yeah. Like, oh, that was a great game. You know, like yeah. that's so cool also to not categorize yourself and not limit yourself of like, I'm this type of person. So why? Would, I didn't know I what type I, of person I was and I got along with everybody. And that was, and that was probably one of my biggest struggles is like, I, I'm not a type. I don't know what I am. I still don't I, feel like I know who I am. I kind of like that it's like a blank canvas. Yeah, it's like you everything. don't know what that painting is going to look like because it's just like it's blank. Yeah, but it so, never gets painted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you painting. never know what it looks like. You're because I still lot. feel like, well, it's just fucking splattered. You're William it's painting. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Callback>. Jesus. <laughs> okay, wait, I want to hear about a shit show moment yeah. on stage. Yeah, I was just going to say we've heard the good where you went yeah. on and it was like a killer moment. But do you oh. have any moment where All it's of like. Them. I had one recently. Re- well, within the past six months. So I don't. Like a lot of comics, it's really interesting. A lot of comics, you know, they drink before they go up. They smoke before they go up. I don't do either. Um, I, ca- I, I feel like I can't. But I had an afternoon where I was writing. And I do, I do think like uh, cannabis, not alcohol so much, but cannabis, I believe is a writing tool. I think it's a tool in general. Mm-hmm. I think it is something where when used correctly with intent, you can... I usually don't write on it, but I edit on it. Ah, interesting. So yeah. you write it, you know, if you have a bunch of ideas. So what I'll do is like I always have a notebook on me at all times that I just like when things hit me, I just write my ideas down. And then I'll take these and other times I'll get high and just sit down and be like, all right, let's go through them. Let's yeah. see where that can go with this. Yeah. Let's see what this is. Because it's you from like a different perspective, right? It's still you, but you're over here looking. Yes, in. totally. Yep. And one afternoon I was writing and I, and I got high and I was like, I had nothing to do but write. It was like a, a work day for me. And I was just writing and doing stuff. And that night, I happened to get offered a spot to open at the La Jolla Comedy Store for three friends of mine that are ridiculously talented. Um, Dustin Nickerson, Brian Simpson, Taylor Tomlinson. Awesome. That was the lineup. And they, then they offered to let me do the opening five to start the nice. show. That's a great Yeah, that's I a was great show. really excited, except yeah. I was accidentally still hot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was only supposed to do five minutes. And I went on stage, and then before I went, I was like, I was kind of confident. I was overconfident. Oh, in the situation. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So it's only five minutes, which for me, like, I'm like more of a storyteller. Uh-huh. So like, my stuff's longer. Like for me, like five minutes is hard for me because that's like the one setup. and a half, yeah, one and a half jokes for me. You know, like where other guys, they can fire off one-liners yeah. and stuff. And so, in my mind, I was like, all right, I'll go on stage, I'll talk up the show. And just be like, we got Brian Simpson, Taylor Thompson, Dustin Nickerson, da da da, Netflix, this thing, that thing, da da. And this is my head. I'm telling myself, yo, so we'll, we'll waste a minute and a half, right? <laughs> and then you'll tell your one joke, yeah. And then you'll bring up Brian Simpson. Yep. I get on stage. This wasting a minute and a half oh, is no. over in about eight seconds. Oh man. And I, I'm just I'm losing it in my head, and it's just silence in the room, oh, and it's a packed. Fuck room yeah. it's a friday night with 200 people the bar is set that people are going to see good comedy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i am just not <laughs> capable really and i told my <laughs> one joke and it didn't really get a laugh and then i hit like i, I hit my tag afterward and like i got one laugh 
and was like, thank you. Coming to the stage right now, Brian Simpson. And he had to run because he thought he's like, oh, I got like two and a half more minutes. And I didn't know how it felt like a lifetime for me that be, that I was up there. I was like, I knew I was getting off a little early. Oh, I didn't realize I was getting off two and a half minutes early of a five minute set. <laughs> You're like, and, I did fifty percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he ends up like running onto the stage and he comes up and I go to the bar and I actually I walked straight out the door and like paced the block. And I was like they gave you an opportunity. You fucking failed. This is unprofessional. Oh. You got high earlier and you did. You fucked yourself there. Yeah. And that's your fault. And then they gave you this opportunity. The fucking manager of the club's here. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the you know, his, his, whatever. The people that matter, they're here. They gave you this opportunity and you fucked yourself. Like you failed. And I was so embarrassed. And I, I like walked in. I went straight to the manor. I said, I am sorry. Real, so I it was really you. that. So you weren't. Wow. So, so, I mean, I know there's probably a little bit of like self-critical, but, but it was, it, it for was real bad. was bad. It was okay. bad. Well, okay. and the fact that I got off. I mean, like yeah. you have a job to do. That job is five minutes. That's I did true. two and a half minutes. Mm. And I don't think, I don't think I've ever bailed like that before, but in it, I was just overwhelmed and wow, anxious and all of it. And I just let, and, and the truth of they were great about, it. they were like, yeah. You fucked up. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've also never realized how long I just started taking a stand-up mm-hmm. comedy class. And like yesterday we had to go up and just tell a story for two minutes. And I couldn't believe how long how long two minutes can actually feel. Like, you That's know, I the never weird thing. Two minutes that. can feel like a lifetime. Or you'll go up and think like, oh, man, how am I going to fill two minutes? And then you realize your story is six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so it's it's like both ends of that. Yeah. But in the moment feeling. when you're anxious, whichever one it starts going towards is that's of like, <gasps> yeah, I, this, there's no way I can talk for five minutes. Like even now, it's funny. Every now and then, you know, you'll get booked to do a show and you'll have like, you know, you're doing a 25 minute set. Like I was just, I was in Colorado Springs last weekend featuring and I remember at one point headed to the club because it's like this is your audition at this club. They've never seen me. Yeah. This is my chance to go there, do my 20 minutes. And if they really like you, they'll bring you back again to feature. Or if they really, really like you, they'll bring you back again to headline. Right. And that's your goal, right? Because there's yeah. no money in the feature spot. Right. There's barely money in the headliner spot. Right. But it's like your chance to start getting out around the country. And I remember like. You have to do 25 minutes. Do you even have 25 minutes? You know, dude, you don't even have, like, oh, my God, what jokes am I going to do? What is this? I don't, I'm a fucking fraud. I don't oh, have 20, I, I don't have 25, feeling. do I even have 25 minutes? Is it, what if they don't laugh? If they don't laugh, I'm fucked. If they don't laugh, I'm going to do 20 minutes of material in, like, nine minutes. Like, this is going to be <laughs> the I fucking worst. I don't think people understand that in most jobs, how much you can go through, like, that fraud. Self, yeah. That yeah, I've learned that since then, that, that apparently that imposter syndrome yeah. is, like, Every level of every corporation and every everyone everywhere feels like, when are they going to find out I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we had you on our show a couple, like last month. Yeah, we'll yeah. Stop, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I had seen you plenty of times before, and you're always funny, but I felt like there was something about this last show that you were so tuned in. And I don't know if you felt that way, but like there were people coming up after. I think I even told you, like, mm-hmm. that came up after. I was like, who was that guy? That guy was unbelievable. He was better than the rest of the show. And you, were, you were the first guy up. Mm-hmm. And it's so. Wow. I, do you like going first because of that reason that you talk about? I mean, obviously. Actually, you, yeah. Yeah. At first is not a bad. Like, it, it's a lot of guys, you know, it's considered like the whole spot where, you know, you don't, the crowd's not here yet. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're still, you know, how many people does what's stop hold? 150 to 200. Okay. So there's 200 consciousnesses. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you sitting there going up. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I'll take the high road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that you, you know, at the beginning of a show, you have 200 individual consciousnesses 
consciousness, whatever, sitting in this room. Yeah. Right. They are all on their own. And then at some point, if the show goes well, they all become one consciousness. That is an audience. Yeah. Yeah, They go for They go from 200 audience members to an audience. And that's where the magic is. Yeah. And it's getting them there. And Mm, so that's so interesting to me. Maybe that's kind of what I'm talking about that we were watching is like you did take them. from. I I mean, I got them. I mean, I broke the crowd. Like, And that's what you kind of call it. Like where you you literally like you can see it happen in a room where like somebody will tell a joke and there's some laughter and you can kind of hear like around the room. And then one joke will hit and it's literally everyone's here now. Everyone is right here. And that's where the that's like I said, that's where the magic is. That's where the power is. The the feeling of having 200 people hanging on every single, and they're literally like, and, and I do this with my hand. I'm like holding my hand out right in front of me. Like there's like a point right here. And that's because everyone is focused right here. So you have this thing and you're, you're creating tension, creating tension, and they're all tuned in and they're all thinking is what they're not thinking. They are listening and yeah. reacting and they're here with you and you raise this tension and you know, you're about to hit them with a punchline. They do not know. You're just talking and giving them information. And you can sit there, and that moment between the line right before the punchline, and you you learn to get comfortable in that silence because if you wait an extra beat, if you wait two beats, it gets really fucking uncomfortable for everyone because there's this like this buzz in the tension. Yeah. But then when you hit them with it, and you release that tension. And 200 people have like leaned in because they're being drawn into the tension and it's is happening. It's just boom. Yeah. That power and that feeling you get when 200 people go, <laughs> and they literally release yeah. their bodies, release their breath, release all of it. And they, their bodies will literally sit back in their chair. And the whole room gets leveled by releasing yeah. that tension. Oh, that's the magic, man. Yeah. So did that's you have to, tr- do you have to, to train yourself a little bit to be able to like hang out in those moments and be oh, comfortable yeah, that too. Oh yeah, that takes time. Like, that takes time. That takes so much time. Uh, like med- not enough. Not enough. I do. I go off and on meditation because uh, yeah, I should do it because we're just humans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's boring and hard. And, yeah. I think that but, that patience you're talking about. You know, I can. I feel like I understand it because I was a photographer. It's very different. But it's about that. Oh, perfect, but you're catching that moment. That That's a photographer timing. Yeah, you know, you're catching the moment between life and knowing. Like if, if, if I'm out on the street doing photography, knowing that this subject and this subject are going to be crossing each other's path at this time and I see where that's going, but they don't understand what I'm seeing. Yes. And then I go catching it. That moment for me is so exciting. I'm like, holy fuck, I just got that. That will never happen again. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I just created a shit that will never happen. And, you have to and have that's restraint. every that's every joke. Yeah, in a that's weird way. Awesome. That's every joke with As every you audience. It, I got really excited. I was like, "This is a lot like photography yeah. in that way." And I, I'll say that to crowds, like, uh, uh, where I'll be like, "Hey, like, this is pretty magical because this we we this group of people that we've become, we will never be anywhere ever again." Yeah, this is so special <laughs> because we all get to share this right now, and it will never happen again. I we have that. this shared experience that will never, nobody can replicate and it will never happen again. See, that could have been your extra two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's no, I don't know <laughs> if you heard this, that. but there's no punchlines in there. It's, <laughs> That's what it's I mean. still that an uncomfortable two minutes. <laughs> James, love uh, we love you. I want people to know where they can go see you and hear you. Is there uh, anything out there they can catch James you on? Jameschrader.com. 
Go to my website. That's the best. I'm horrible at it. I'm getting better. But yeah, jamesshredder.com. You can see all my stuff. I post uh, all my commercials are on there because they've changed my life. And it's stuff I'm really proud of. And uh, I put my dates on there for shows. I'm going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma in two weeks at the Looney Bin. Uh, next, when does this come out? This comes out on Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay, so the Friday after you're hearing this, um, I will be at the Tipsy Crow Mal Hall's 10 year anniversary show. Oh, really? Friday night at the Tipsy Crow. That should be a blast. And, um, yeah. Can we get some help for the comedy clubs to come up with new names for their actual club? What was the one in Tulsa? The, the Looney, Looney Bin. Bin. The Looney Bin. I love that. Well, the, I think it's yuck, very eighty. Yuck, There's yuck. thirteen of them. Yeah, jeez. But that's they're all chains though. There's the, the Looney, Looney Bins, Bin. the, la- uh, the uh, what? Laugh Lines, Laughs Unlimited. Um, what's the other one? The Looney Bin and the, like the Funny Bones. Yeah. Yeah, the Funny, funny bones. bones. There's like, like ten of those. It's like the, the Chuckles. And oh, the, yeah, Chuckle yeah. Hunt. Y- yuck Yucks. And yeah. it's just oh, like, oh my god, these are so bad. Yeah, but they've been around. I know. In the '80s, they called comics. They 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 called jokes. If you go to the comedy store, they have all these things from like back in the day on the wall, like press releases and stuff. And they literally say like, you know, it was like when the store opened in Hollywood, and there's some news variety. I think it was, and there's a thing that's like, comedians. Like comedians storm Hollywood with their yuck yucks because <laughs> that's what yeah. they called jokes. It was weird. I love it. Hey man, you're awesome. You I love, love you. you so much. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. So much. We thank really you. Love you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having talking, me. And uh, we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Right. Thanks. Bye everybody. Hey guys, today's show is also brought to you by GameFly.com. Sign up for a premium free day 30 trial just for you, our cute little video game playing campers at GameFly.com forward slash campfire. That's GameFly.com forward slash campfire. Why do you always do that? We're here to support each other. No, I just let me do it. GameFly, bro. Let me do it once by myself. I can do it. Releasing the tension oh, that's yeah. in the room. He had us. He. Then I. Released. I was on the edge of my couch thing. I was on the edge of my sanity. Yes. We love James. Thank you, James. Thank you, guys, listening. It was really great to just sit and talk. And in fact, uh, after we got done recording, it was like we should go keep talking <laughs> for another hour. We talk for another hour. Yeah, yeah. He's really it amazing. seemed crazy uh, to to meet someone who was so down to earth you know i'm around a lot of comics and this is not to say anything negative about any other comic we've had on the show but there is something to be said about the fact that he is really just low-key and humble and easy to talk to highly functioning yeah just like he has another life going on and he's not like he didn't talk the whole time about how he's insecure and right he's not a broken human being but we we all are i mean you're broken and i'm broken but like it was weird to be in a room full what? I just picture you like a shattered coaster, like protecting like a pine floor or something. <laughs> what an awful thing to say. <laughs> what an awful. You're oh, yeah, well, you're, 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 you're my grandma's doily. That's what you that. are. Oh, my God. A white little happy thing Aww. to support you. Yeah. Bye, yeah. guys. No, no Bye. we haven't said anything. We just said thanks, James. Go check him out. No, we didn't say that, though. You I are crazy. Right you're an insane person. Peace. No, we really appreciate it, James. He was awesome. Absolutely check him out. The that. spelling of his name is James, as you know, and then Schrader. Can you spell that, Meryl? S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R. That's correct. Oh, my God. You win. You win. Yeah, go check him out. He's awesome. You can check him maybe coming to a town near you. And 
that's just all we have to say about James at this point. Mm-hmm. He's great. We love him. Bye. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at campfireshitshow, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. I've had uh, 4,200 ounces of caffeine today. If I tell Is that it true? Off. Yep. Something close? Yep. Oh, if you want to check him out, it's James Schrader, S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs>